And hello, everyone, and welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, who will land like a ministry. And we thank you for being part of today's program. We have an exciting program prepared for you today that we have titled Millennium Temple Gates. So stay tuned as we dive into Ezekiel chapter 44. And if you have a Bible handy, open it so that you can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, to bask in your victory, and know that one day that victory will be ours as well, because you loved us and you died for us, and we are your children. So pray we all, Lord, that you will shine your light to us, and we'll grow in you. We thank you, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, the title of our message is Millennium Temple Gates as we look at Ezekiel chapter 44. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, what a great opportunity we get again to do these programs. Oh, brother, I tell you, uh, to think that we've been teaching through the Truth Will Set You Free since 2010. I just... You know, as we get closer to Christmas, to me, that's just a Christmas blessing. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I just really have appreciated all these years that we got to teach together and that you all have tuned in. I, I hear people all the time come up and say, hey, you know, I uh, listen to your podcast or they have questions. Uh, if you have questions, you know, contact us at, at our website, ChristinProphecy.org and uh, click contact and you can send your questions in about what Vic and I have been talking about. Vic will give you a phone number later that you can call if you need a prayer or you need to be led to know Jesus as your Savior. Vic is ready on that call, uh, wants, to, wants to talk to you. And uh, so, yeah, we just really appreciate all the years that we've been able to teach you the truth will set you free. We're going to keep doing this all the way up to the Lord's return. Amen. And Nathan, it is my privilege too. And you mentioned Christmas. Really, Nathan? It's around the corner. Listen, get ready because I'm sending you your Amazon Prime gift, okay? Oh, I'm on your gift list this year. Wow. That'll be a first. Now, now I'm going to find you something. Maybe like one of those uh, leg lamps from a, what was that, a Christmas story or a <laughs> uh, funny gift. Uh, actually, you and I have a lot of fun, but but you're right, Nathan. We're entering into a into a wonderful time, and I think we just we also pass uh, Thanksgiving was a lot of fun and, and Christmas, and, and it is nice to switch gears. The weather changes; it gets a little cooler, so it's a little like a little more festivity. Yes, it's a good time of year. Uh, we got the Christmas decorations up. Uh, we bought a smaller tree this year because we our son went off to the Coast Guard and. There's just the four of us now. We don't need such a big tree, although it looks kind of small and pathetic, almost like a Charlie Brown tree compared to our old tree. But we're adjusting. Nathan, that is fantastic. I'm so excited. And we, Nathan, we cannot put our tree up yet because we have now our grandkids visiting us. And they are at an age where they're pulling things off the tree. So we learned from last year that we have to wait after they stop visiting us. So that will be uh, in a few months, in a, excuse me, in a few more weeks before we can put ours up. That's very smart. I think I remember a few times the kids pulling the tree actually down. So you're smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Nathan, I think it's just, again, what a blessing it is to be able to celebrate that wonderful uh, uh, celebration of Christmas coming up soon. But also, Nathan, for people that don't know much about our ministry, uh, we want them to celebrate with us with the amazing resources that they can get a hold of so they, that it will help them grow in their relationship with the Lord. Can you share with them, Nathan, how they can get a hold of that content and even some of the special uh, uh, offers that are being offered during the season? Oh, absolutely. Well, ChristinProphecy.org is our website. Or if you're looking for resources to help your family members or friends grow in their knowledge of Jesus Christ, then uh, we recommend our uh, store, which is LambLionResources.com. Of course, we have a lot of different items there, books, videos, uh, even CDs, if you're into CDs, but MP3s. Uh, my brand new edition of the book that Steve Howell and I wrote, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. It's uh, just released last month. It's going like hotcakes, so praise the Lord for that. And it's the book about helping you grow in your faith in Jesus Christ. And this new prophecy edition has every prophecy listed, uh, when it was or will be fulfilled according to prophecy, in each of the minor prophets. So check it out, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. And since people think about angels, right, Vic, a lot during Christmas, uh, Vic and I have a book called The Mighty Angels of Revelation. And you can find that book that teaches you both angelology and the book of Revelation. It's also on lamblionresources.com or go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, I think uh, my wife, who puts all our books onto eBooks, uh, she's got it on iBooks and other platforms too. I don't know, she's got them on so many platforms. Uh, we just want to get the word out. The prices are marked down considerably so that you know we can get the gospel out there. And if you're looking for a gift to give somebody or just want to grow yourself, then check our store out at lamblionresources.com or just look us up on Amazon. Nathan, and I, I think those are wonderful resources. And not because you and I wrote the Mighty Angels book, but it does make a beautiful gift for Christmas. And again, we're not just trying to sell people books, but the reality is that the feedback that we've gotten, it makes a great present, especially for Christmas, as people are wanting to learn more about angels, the birth of Christ. So I definitely am blessed, Nathan, that we were able to put that resource together so people can pass that on to others. Uh, I have a lady at our church that she loves to buy these additional copies to just hand them out. Uh, to family and friends as a gift for Christmas. So it's a great resource, Nate. Yeah, and who knows? Uh, if Vic and I, we took our series on Revelation and turned it into a book, maybe we'll take this series on Ezekiel. I, I, Vic, I think we ought to turn it into a book. It's been a fantastic. I've really enjoyed teaching with you through the book of Ezekiel. Oh, Nathan, the same here. And that's exactly, if, the, if it's the Lord's will, I think these resources uh, are amazing. Uh, not because we're doing them, Nathan, but because we just don't see much of this done uh, out there. So the Lord has allowed you and I uh, to partner together for so many years and put this resource. So if we can get them out to people in a book format or, or, uh, or other formats, I think it will be fantastic. Amen, brother. Any way we can. That's right. And speaking of fantastic uh, things that we're talking about, I mean, Nathan, we have arrived in the book of Ezekiel to chapter 44 which is really amazing to consider that, that soon uh, we won't have much more to go. And there's been uh, uh, quite a number of people that have been on this journey with us. So we know they're being blessed. And we, we close chapter 43 with the uh, amazing teachings there of the uh, this Millennium Temple. And, and not only that, but also the responsibilities and what we will be doing 
in the temple. Sacrifices will be offered. A lot of things that maybe people don't really recognize what will be happening in the millennium. But this temple, Nathan, you gave us the size of it. And it's just an amazing uh, uh, temple that God is going to have in the time of the millennium. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about 40 miles squared. There is no building that I know of that is 40 miles. We're talking about basically a county. And so the fact that this Jerusalem during the millennial kingdom will be so massive that you can fit a temple inside it, it, the topography too, it means that the, the Jerusalem couldn't possibly be the highest mountain in the world. Now, not so high like Everest that people are suffocating. You know, we're not saying that, but what the Bible says is that Jerusalem will be lifted up high and exalted above all the other mountains of the world. And so we know that the, the world is going to look vastly different during the millennial kingdom than it does now. And Nathan, and that's why we, we're encouraging people to follow along and take this journey with us. I know that we went through some chapters where it talked about the measurements of the temple and we, we've been kind of skipping over just uh, that measurement and sizes so people don't get too bogged down with that. But we also want to encourage people, right, Nathan, on their own to read through these passages because everything in the Bible, God put it there for a reason. And it's so people can see all the details that God is sharing regarding his temple and how marvelous that is. Hopefully people will have an appreciation, a more of an appreciation for the things of the Lord. Well, yeah, because what a time period the, the millennial kingdom will be. I mean, this is after the tribulation. Only those people who are saved will enter into this kingdom. And those of us who have died or raptured and been resurrected in our glorified bodies will serve the Lord during that time. Isaiah 11, 9 says, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So there won't be any evangelism anymore. I mean, we'll be teaching the children born to the the tribulation saints, and, and we'll give them the gospel as well. But it, the whole world will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. Psalm 22 says, uh, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation shall worship before you. And uh, Malachi 1.11, I love this. For from the rising of the sun, even to the going down, my name, God's name, Christ's name, shall be great among who? The Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Jesus name is used as a curse word right now, and his name is not great among most of the world. But during the millennial kingdom, Jesus will get the worship and the adoration, the respect that is due him. Mm. Nathan, what a great point. And that's why uh, I, I love uh, what the Bible has to say and also the the amazing things that we need to recognize uh, in the word of God. Uh, we spoke about Nathan in chapter four, the importance of holiness and living holy. And, uh, you know, that continues as a threat throughout the Bible and also through the book of Ezekiel. Uh, we see the importance of the temple, the reason why it was built, uh, showing God's grace. And as we enter into chapter 44, we'll see even more details regarding the entrances of the of the temple uh, and its gates. So for those that have a Bible, we would encourage you to follow along with us as we dive in, looking at chapter 44 in the book of Ezekiel. Nate, will you be able to open us up there reading verses one to three in case someone doesn't have a Bible? All right. Chapter 44, verses one through three. And just bear in mind that chapters 40 through 48 are all about the millennial kingdom. So it's if you ever hear people say, ah, the millennial kingdom or the millennial 
uh, reign of Christ is only found in Revelation chapter 20. No way. There's nine chapters here in Ezekiel and many other verses throughout the Bible that talk about the millennial kingdom. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox and read here. Verse <laughs> one. Then he brought me back to the outer gate of the sanctuary, which faces towards the east, but it was shut. And the Lord said to me, this gate shall be shut. It shall not be opened and no man shall enter by it because the Lord God of Israel has entered by it. Therefore, it shall be shut. And as for the prince, because he is the prince, he may sit in it and eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by way of the vestibule of the gateway and go out the same way. And this is this is a wonderful passage here as it talks about uh, the gates uh, of this temple. Now, on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem today, the eastern gate is completely closed, filled with stone blocks. Yet this is not the fulfillment of Ezekiel 44, 1 and 2. The gates mentioned here belong to the temple compound uh, yet to come. And not only that, that this gate is not the golden gate located in the old city of Jerusalem today because the dimensions of the two temple areas are vastly different, Nate, as you have shown us in the past program by giving us the size and the dimensions of the temple. The temple structure of the current temple area will not exist in the millennium period. So we're talking about a different gates here, right, Nate? Absolutely. That's a great point. Now, we know when Jesus returns uh, and he, he defeats the Antichrist, he'll land on the Mount of Olives. It'll split in two. It'll create a new valley that's contrary to the Valley of Kidron, and the Jewish people will escape out of Jerusalem through it. Then Jesus, after defeating the Antichrist, will open that closed eastern gate and march up onto the Temple Mount, and there the third temple will be, but that won't last very long. Likely it's destroyed during all the fighting. And so Jesus Christ will blow through that eastern gate in memoriam of that. When he creates the millennial temple, when Jesus builds it himself, there will be another eastern gate, but it will be closed and it will be a memorial to the fact that Jesus Christ entered through that gate. Now, it's interesting, Vic, we read here this, this weird little story because it's talking about the prince, the king, but then it's also talking about somebody else. So if we go to Jeremiah 30, verse 9, it says, But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. And then we read earlier in Ezekiel 34, 23 through 24, it says, I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. So notice what we read here in Ezekiel 44, back in 34, and in Jeremiah 30, there's a differentiation between Jesus ruling and reigning and King David ruling and reigning. Now, we know that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of David. He will sit on the throne of David forever. But the Lord has promised David that he, because of his service to the Lord, will rule and reign as well. And so we find here in chapter 44 that King David will serve the Lord. Now, he's He's still not allowed to go through that, that gate, that memorial gate. But there's a little vestibule, a little side gate that King David's allowed, only King David's allowed to come in and out of. And he sits there and he eats bread and he, he serves Jesus Christ as kind of like the mayor of Jerusalem. Vic, I don't know about you, but I have always found that story fascinating that the Bible would go out of its way to tell us that King David sits in his own little gate and he eats lunch. And he serves the Lord as the mayor of Jerusalem. To me, you know, I, always, I always laugh every time I read that. 
<laughs> but Nathan, that's why, you know, uh, what happens is that when people don't read the, the, the Bible in its context, they can miss a lot. The reality is that according to Revelation chapter one and according to Revelation chapter 20, that we will have different positions, people that come to Christ, uh, Jewish people, Gentiles alike. The Bible says that we're going to rule and reign with Christ. The Bible says that people are going to rule over cities. The Bible says that we're going to be kings and priests, the Lord. So the reality is, Nate, that there are positions that we're going to be fulfilling just like King David in the time of the millennium. So people think, oh yeah, the millennium, or, or they think that once you die, you go to heaven and you're floating around in these fluffy clouds. <laughs> And that's pretty much it. But that's not what the Bible says, right, Nate? <laughs> we're, we're always meant to have tangible, physical bodies. Uh, the Bible says that God alone is spirit. The rest of us are flesh and blood and will always be flesh and blood. Uh, but we are promised, like you said, Daniel 7, 18 says, But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. And then Daniel 7, 27 says, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. There is promises throughout the Bible where the saints, those who have accepted Christ as Savior, who died in faith, the Old Testament saints, the, the church age saints, that's us, the tribulation saints, those who die as martyrs, will be resurrected and we will serve the Lord in our glorified eternal bodies, flesh and blood, and we will serve the Lord as administrators, teachers, and mayors, and executives, all serving the Lord during his kingdom. So, brother, the jobs that we have now are nothing compared to the jobs that the Lord will have for us in the future, right? Oh, Nathan, and that's the exciting thing, that there's positions and things that we're going to be doing for the Lord that is just going to blow our minds because we'll be doing it in our glorified bodies. We will not get tired. It's not like punching a, a clock nine to five. It's going to be a glorious time serving God in our glorified bodies, just like Jesus. Uh, and and uh, it's just going to be an amazing uh, type of service, Nathan, uh, that we know very little here on this earth. Yeah, yeah. It's. Can you imagine? I mean, what if everybody who was dead in the Old Testament was walking around the earth now <laughs> in their glorified eternal bodies? They're, they're, you know, they're thousands of years old and they're serving God and uh, they're teaching us. And you could go see Moses or Elijah and talk to them and, and they will teach you. You go to college or something and, you know, uh, uh, Mary is a, the professor and you're like, what? And as crazy as that sounds, that's what it's going to be like during the Millennial Kingdom. We'll go and see Billy Graham as he debates the Apostle Paul, as he debates Arrhenius, and you know we'll get to learn from them, and, and we'll go up to the, the mountains and, and the cities, and, and you know we will teach, and we will rule and reign and administrate, uh, but we won't be the lawgivers. That, that's the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus Christ alone is the lawgiver. He gives the law directly from Jerusalem. We just administrate it. And he is also the judge. The Bible says that Jesus will rule with a rod of iron during that time. That's a term that means that, that there will be a strict adherence to biblical moral law. And so uh, people are held to a higher standard at that time. And that's why we read how by the end of the millennial kingdom, many people will turn to Satan when he's released and rebel against those born during that time period in their earthly bodies will turn to Satan because they can't live under that. They, you know, they live again in fallen human bodies and 
they want to sin and they don't want Jesus ruling over them. And they'll join Satan in an attempt to overthrow Jesus at the very end of the millennial kingdom. One of the, I think, Vic, one of the most tragic stories in the entire Bible. And it hasn't even happened yet. Nathan, and that is so true. And this is why, you know, we always even now uh, encourage people the importance of a relationship with Jesus. Every time we close a program, we give an invitation so that people will not be part of the tragic end as though as so, as so many who, who turn their backs on God. And for those of you that maybe just joined us, again, this is Vic Batista and Nathan Jones we're with Lamb Lion Ministry. We welcome you to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, as we are looking at a message titled Millennium Temple Gates, as we're looking at Ezekiel uh, chapter 44, very exciting teaching. Uh, about the temple gates. Uh, so Nathan, yeah, and that's why every time we continue making our way through the word of God here, it just gets more exciting. You know, Nathan, one thing that I also noticed there in verse uh, uh, verses one and two in Ezekiel 44, as he's talking about the gates, where he says that uh, this gate shall be shut, talking about the eastern gate, and it shall not be open. No man shall enter it because the Lord God of Israel has entered by it. Therefore, it shall be shut. And uh, one, I just got a quick uh, uh, um, thought regarding Nathan, the reminder of Revelation chapter three uh, to the church of Laodicea, where to that church, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And uh, we, the Bible talks about uh, open and closed doors. The reality is through this gate, no one may enter, but people can still enter into a relationship with Jesus as he is, continues to knock in the, in the doors of the hearts of men to see if they will open it. Wow, brother, that is deep. That is so true. <laughs> you just popped my mind. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, the gate isn't always shut. Uh, the, again, it's a memorial gate on the, the temple. It doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't want people to come see him. He, matter of fact, the Bible talks about how Jesus even turns the rain off if nations don't come and visit him for the annual Feast of Tabernacles. He wants people to fellowship with him. He died so that we can have that relationship, that perfect relationship. So, yeah, the Lord wants us to know him as Savior. He's gone out of his way. I, the whole human history is about reconciling humanity to, to God so that we're back in the Garden of Eden situation where we walk and talk and have fellowship with our Creator. That's what the Lord wants, but He wants to populate heaven with people who want to actually be there. You know, what it'd be hell for people who don't want to be there, but it's heaven for those who do. And so, brother, I just am so, I'm just so thankful that the Lord was willing to reach out to me by his spirit and call me to be one of his children, to you one of his children, all those tuned in who know Jesus Christ as their children. Uh, but Vic, what about people who don't know Jesus Christ? I mean, what are they missing out on? Oh, Nathan, that's a great question. You know, God has so much, the richness that God has in store uh, for them, uh, it's just incredible. And it's all found in our relationship with Jesus. And uh, Nathan, uh, over 25 years ago, I gave my heart to the Lord. And ever since I've been following him and my life has been full of blessings and riches. And that's what the Lord has in store for individuals that turn to him. Now, I'm not saying that it's always been an easy road, right, Nathan? 
but it's been a rich experience in following him. As a matter of fact, Nathan, here as we look at Ezekiel chapter 44, the next few verses, uh, uh, 4 through 9, actually separate those who will be permitted to enter in uh, uh, to the temple and those will be excluded. And we're just going to read a few more verses so that people will understand what the Bible says, but then they can decide what camp they want to be in. So Nate, will you be able to read for us there Ezekiel 44 verses 4 through 5 and not read verses 6 through 9 in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Okay. Well, he also brought me by way of the north gate to the front of the temple. So I looked and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the temple and I fell on my face. And the Lord said to me, son of man, mark well, see with your eyes and hear with your ears all that I say to you concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and all its laws. Mark well who may enter the house and all who will go out from the sanctuary. And verse six, and now say to the rebellious, to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, O house of Israel, let us have no more of all your abominations when you brought in foreigners uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh to be in my sanctuary to defile my house. And when you offer my food and the fat of the blood, then they broke my covenant because of all your abominations. And you will have not kept charge of my holy things, but you have set others to keep charge of my sanctuary for you. Verse 9, thus says the Lord God, no foreigners uncircumcised in heart or uncircumcised in flesh shall enter my sanctuary, including any foreigners who is among the children of Israel. So Nathan, we have this division here, much like in the book of Revelation, chapter 20 and 21, where there's a distinction that is made. Heaven is a perfect place and those to enter in must be holy. And that can only be done through a relationship with the Lord. Right, Nate? Absolutely. And again, it's it's a symbolic thing of, of what the throne room of God in our last episode, we talked about how the throne room of God is a is the reality and the temples before it were just miniatures, uh, mac, mach, matchbox cars, Maybe the Millennial Temple, since it's 40 miles squared, is more like a model kit. But it's meant to show, like it be a physical symbol of the actual reality of the throne room of God. And the throne room of God is only populated by those who are saved, who are cleansed, who are, are made right with the Lord. Now, of course, Satan's allowed before God to, to be the adversary and to accuse us. Uh, he's the exception. But so when we see in the Millennial Kingdom... The fact that there is a difference. Those who are saved can enter the temple and those who are not. In other words, those children born during the millennial kingdom who have rejected Christ because people always get a choice. They're not allowed in. And again, it's not because God doesn't want them to come in. He wants them to be saved. But you've got to be pure of heart. That means you're saved. The Holy Spirit lives in you to be allowed to enter into the temple. Nathan, I love that. And and again, a quick reminder is the Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 7, speaking of the wonderful new heaven and new earth, he who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And again, here, the same thing that we're noticing in Ezekiel chapter 44, uh, verses 8 and 9. Uh, again, no unholy person or thing will be allowed uh, to enter into God's kingdom, into his holy temple. So we encourage those of you that are part of this program. 
if you don't have a relationship with God, if you've come to recognize that that's you, that you are unclean, but you want to be made clean and pure and white as snow, we want to give you an opportunity to have that relationship with the Lord uh, right now to start that relationship with him. Nate, would you mind if I share with someone how they might be able to start that relationship even right now? Oh, please do. Yeah, well, according to John 3.16, the Bible is clear that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. The Bible is also clear that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So therefore, we must repent from our sins. We must turn to God. We must ask him to, to forgive us for our sins, and God will give us eternal life. And wherever you are, I want to lead you into this very simple prayer. And if you pray this prayer and you mean it from your heart, God will transform and change your life. Call on the name of the Lord. Just say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. God, right now, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you pray that prayer for the first time, Nathan and I would like to congratulate you on that wonderful relationship with God. You can get a hold of us, 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME. We'll give you a Bible and a Bible study, guys, so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord and watch what God is going to do in your life. So, Nathan, that's why we get so excited about these programs, right? <laughs> uh, anytime people get saved, all of heaven, it says the Bible says it, the angels in heaven rejoice. We rejoice with them. Uh, you know, we want to help grow the brethren in Christ. But for those who don't know Jesus, we want to know that they're saved. And so call that number that Vic gave. If, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, uh, let Vic know uh, or contact us through our website at ChristinProphecy.org. Uh, we'd love to celebrate with you. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Nate. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week, a wonderful day, and wonderful holidays. May the Lord be with you. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life.